want to remind you guys, I want to, want to tell you guys a couple things going on as they are passing that. First of all, uh, one of the things I want you to always be aware of is uh, there is multiple ways to give here at South Creek. Uh, you can obviously do it uh, right now as they are passing that along. Uh, and if you're a guest this morning, uh, feel free to just let that uh, slide past you. We're just so glad that you are here with us. Um, but you can obviously give in person. You can always uh, send it in the mail. Uh, but also one thing that's really cool, you'll find information in your bulletin about how you can text to give. Uh, and you can also go online uh, to our website, southcreek.church, uh, and there's ways to do it there. Uh, me and my family, one of our favorite things is uh, there is uh, like an automated giving that you can do, which is so great because I don't know about y'all, but I don't know the last time I've written a check. And uh, I only, when I have cash, it typically goes to fast food that my wife doesn't know about. So uh, I don't usually have that. So I'm confessing to you guys. Don't act like y'all don't do it too. Or like you get that like extra bit of change. You're like, oh, I'm, go- I'm going to dance donuts for sure. Um, hey, in your bulletin, you got something called a connection card in there. Would you go ahead and grab that out real quick? I would love for everyone just to take a, a quick second and fill that out. This is our best way to communicate with you, to be able to serve you. Uh, there's different things you'll find in there, stuff like if you want to be involved in a life group or if you want to uh, volunteer uh, on a Sunday morning. We have huge need all the time in South Creek Kids uh, and Nursery. Uh, one of the things that God has just immensely blessed us with is children. And again, children are a gift from God, uh, but we take serious the idea that we want to make sure that they're well cared for uh, and that they're safe, and so that, that takes volunteers. So uh, there's also things you can tell us about how you uh, maybe are taking a new step in your faith, or maybe you want to be involved in uh, some sort of uh, email communication with us, or if you have a prayer request. Uh, when you're done with this, uh, there's different baskets at the different exits that you can put them in. Uh, but if this is your first time today, uh, take this to the Connection Center, which is out to the right, right after service. Uh, we have a gift for you. Actually, I think today we have gifts. So this is a really good day to make sure you take it because uh, there's more than one gift, uh, one of which may or may not be uh, one of these bad boys. So as Dan said, we are in journal season. So what's really cool uh, is there's about 15 churches uh, uh, primarily in Arizona. There's one in Ohio. There's a couple in Florida and I think a couple in Oklahoma. And so it's really cool that uh, part of kind of our larger church movement, uh, there's groups that are that we're all studying the same thing. And journals are an awesome, awesome tool. So one of the things you'll find is that if you have yours this morning, there's a place that you could take notes uh, from the sermon this morning. But then uh, for the next five days afterwards, there's daily devotions. And if you're like me, um, I need like help to focus, especially when I'm trying, like if I'm trying to do it in the morning or in the evening. And so the cool thing is this will give you some scripture to read. It'll give you some questions to process through, which is really good because let's be honest, how many of you guys can confess with me that maybe when you've read scripture before on your own, you just read it and it went straight out your brain. You don't remember what you did. So this will help you process through it. And then it also gives you a way that you can pray uh, in a great way uh, to just kind of help you focus for the day and the theme. And the cool thing is this will sort of build upon what we're talking about each Sunday. So, again, make sure you, you get one. And here's the big thing. Uh, like $5 is not a, uh, not a big deal. But if you're like, listen, I don't got any money, just go grab one. We just would love everyone to get their, uh, get their hands on one of these because we think it's a really awesome tool. Uh, and I'll tell you a, a couple more things about this uh, as we Go this morning. Well, last week I was not here. Uh, I'm in the middle of wedding season, as I like to call it. I, I have three weddings in about a seven-week period, 
And so the first one was last Friday. And uh, I'm so thankful Pastor Jerry gave an awesome message on Sunday, uh, wrapping up our neighboring series. And Dan Marley again. Would you guys just give a hand to Dan and, and Jerry? Dan did an awesome job with Mr. Marley's Neighborhood. Dan's birthday was on Friday as well. So if you see him, uh, give him like a happy birthday high five or booty bump or something. Uh, I'm pretty sure Dan turned uh, 32, I think. Um, so, uh, Dan, you are the man. I, when we got the whole idea for this series, uh, he just like was all about uh, being Mr. Marley. So, so excited about that. Um, so, weddings are fun, right? Uh, how many of you guys enjoy going to weddings? Isn't it great? I mean, you get typically nice free food you don't have to pay for. Uh, you get to kind of put on those clothes that gather dust in uh, the closet. So I actually have a wedding in a few hours, which is kind of fun. I almost wore my suit today, but I figured some of y'all might have a heart attack or something like, what in the world? He owns one. And um, But weddings are so much fun uh, because it's just this beautiful beginning to uh, what the rest of your life is not like, right? Like you look as perfect as can be in marriage and, and relationships. That's not really fully what it is, right? Uh, it can be a struggle. I mean, you, you like start off looking perfect. You smell nice. You're looking at one another. And then not soon after, you start to understand like, oh, there's things like morning breath. Uh, and believe it or not, I guess women fart. Um, I don't know that from experience, but I've heard. And uh, in marriage, is just sort of a fun, messy thing. We're starting a new series today uh, called From This Day Forward. And this is a series that I want to let you all know uh, that is about uh, relational principles that we find in Scripture for relationships that matter most. And so I want to let you all know, because some of you are like, oh, great, a marriage series. I'm not married, uh, nor do I want to be married, nor will I uh, ever be married uh, now or, or maybe even again. And this series is going to be, uh, while we will talk some about marriage, uh, this is going to be about, and parenting uh, and things like that, this is just really about how do we really make sure that in the relationships that God has given us that are probably some of the most important, the ones in our family, uh, the ones with our, our best friends, and the ones with uh, our, our romantic interests, things like that. How do we make sure that we just do these in the right way that Christ would uh, find glory and honor in? But I thought it would be fun, since I am in wedding season, uh, to share some photos with you guys, um, just to maybe go down memory lane, and maybe this will make you think of weddings that you've been in the past. Uh, so I asked all of uh, our amazing staff members to send me um, wedding photos. So I want to I share them with you real quick. So this first one uh, is me and my wife, Hunter. Uh, this is before my mustache started to grow in. And you're probably looking and thinking he's not wearing glasses. She is still beautiful as ever. Uh, this, we, we've been the, married the, the least amount of time on staff. So, And then next up, we have Megan and Tim Henniger. Look at them. That's actually That was here at church, I believe. So you might recognize those bricks. Um, look at them. Next up. Uh, we have Steve and Sue Byes. Uh, I think they were married in 93, I believe. And uh, look at them. You guys look awesome. Uh, next up, uh, we have Dan and Mel Marley. Look at them. Dan, those glasses. Bring those back. Uh, who do we got next? Ooh, Ryan and Angie Butcher. Ryan, your hair is amazing in that photo. Bring it back. Feathered. Uh, next up, we have Justin and Marcy Roberts. Uh, so true story, Justin told me that uh, since they were 16, they had to get their parents' permission uh, to actually go to the courthouse. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Look at them, though. Uh, who's up next? Uh, last but not least, Tim and Val Cuthbert. Tim is rocking a mullet and an awesome mustache, and they are uh, the mother uh, and father of the bride-to-be 
this afternoon. So I'm so excited. Some of you guys were uh, here in June when Colby uh, and Tanner got uh, baptized together, and they're getting married today. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Weddings are just so much fun. Well, this morning I want to talk about, in our relationships, what does it look like to set a course and make sure that we keep Christ central? The truth is, life in, in relationships are a journey, right? They're not just something that, like, happens. It's not like you say these vows and then you're done. I mean, that, in a lot of ways, is the easiest part, right? Because typically you have a pastor who says something, and at the end you have to say, I do. And then otherwise, they're feeding you lines, and you just have to repeat after me, right? And make sure that you don't say, repeat after me, when they say, repeat after me, because then you look foolish. All of those pictures remind us of weddings, and some of us have been to weddings. And and every wedding is a little bit different, right? Obviously, you have different people involved, but all of them typically have some sort of vows. You know, maybe they're vows that were written by the individuals themselves, and they're very personalized. Some of them are just very standard. But many of the standard vows will have a phrase in them that say, from this day forward. That they begin these promises to one another as they enter into this relationship, that from this day forward, Things are going to be a certain way. As we journey together from here on out, I'm going to do these things. I'm not going to do these things. And I will promise that I'm going to always be here with you. And so this morning as we begin this series, I want to talk about what does it look like to make sure that we're setting the course to a right way. Now, Jesus early in his ministry uh, has this teaching that starts in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5 and ends at the end of chapter 7. And it's this long teaching oftentimes referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. And this is sort of the manifesto. So if you're new to faith or maybe you're looking for a place where you really want to dive in, I would wholly recommend that maybe you study deeply into the Sermon on the Mount because it really uh, gives us a lot of uh, tools, a lot of legs of where we should go as followers of Christ, some of our attitudes and and actions. And so it's a really great teaching. Uh, but in this teaching, uh, partway through into it, Jesus is talking, uh, he's talked through a ton of stuff, but he's most recently talking about worry. And he's telling uh, the people who are listening, listen, don't, don't worry about everything in your life. Don't worry about where you're going to sleep or what you're going to eat or, or how things are going to happen. And he, again, he gives the example of, of birds and, and, and flowers and how God takes care of them. And, and he ends this little uh, stanza of teaching by saying this. This is uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Now, if I was to give you my own version of it, it would just be seek first the king who is Jesus and his kingdom, and everything else will work itself out. You know, in relationships, in every relationship of our life, our relationship with God, our relationship with a, a spouse or, or, or romantic interest, our relationship with our children, with our parents, uh, with our siblings, with our aunts, our uncles, with, with all sorts of people who, who are really deeply important in our life, every single one of them, uh, it's most important to begin uh, with seeking first the kingdom and the king. That if we seek first how Christ would act, if we seek first to love others the way that Christ would. We just finished this series talking about loving our neighbor. And if we were to first seek the idea of seeing how God would act, and we know that, what did Jesus say the most important two commandments are? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. If we're doing those things first, if we're seeking those things first, everything else will fall in line. 
But the truth is, I think a lot of times in relationships, because they're so emotional, because they're so difficult, I mean, let's be honest, we'll talk about communication next week, but we oftentimes say some of the worst things to the people who we love the most, don't we? And I think oftentimes it's because uh, our mindset is on our own self. Our mindset is upon uh, what we think we deserve, what we want. And instead of thinking about kingdom-minded things, instead of thinking about how do we best bless our Heavenly Father. When Hunter and I went on uh, vacation to Florida earlier this year, I think I told you guys that we went and saw the documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And it was this documentary about the story of Fred Rogers and Mr. Rogers, and it was awesome. And I don't think I told you the entire story of what happened. So uh, we, we do the classic thing where we decide we're going to go see a movie. We get on our phone. We Google search, all right, where's this movie at? And so where, we're, where we were, there were two theaters equal distance, one to the north and one to the south. And so we decided they, they, were, they started at just about the exact same time. And so we figured out, though, that the, the theater to the south was, one, cheaper. Hello, save a little, little cash. And then, two, uh, they actually was one of those theaters where they let you pick your seat. And it was one of those two where, like, they had the recliners. It was awesome. And, um, but anyway, so we chose that one. And so we decided we're going to leave early and try to get there early and get popcorn and use the bathroom and all that sort of stuff. So I punch in uh, to my GPS, the theater, and off we go. And, like, we're making great time. Uh, we're just excited. Like, we never go to the movie. Anyone else, like, used to always go to the movie theater and then you had kids and then you don't do things ever anymore, right? Um, yeah. And so we're just so excited. This is the first time I think we've been to a movie in, like, a year. And uh, as we're about to pull into this, like, mall complex where the theater is, it hits me, that sinking, awful feeling that maybe you guys have experienced this before, that we are at the wrong theater, that we have gone the complete wrong direction, that even though our, our intention of where we were going was going to be to the theater that we bought tickets for, we found ourselves completely in the wrong place. Now, there's a couple things you can do in that, right? You can either just... Try to say, like, forget the money that we had uh, invested in the other tickets. We'll just go here and, and just cut our losses. Or you can decide to make a turn and turn around and maybe not go the speed limit. Maybe. Don't judge me, y'all. But you turn around and you make it there. Now, granted, we were like 10 minutes late. But I think it's interesting that in our life that happens to us a lot, Right? A lot of times we have great intentions of going one place, but we end up in another place, right? Andy Stanley, who's a pastor in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, has this phrase that I love uh, that he says this. He says, your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. Your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. That's so true, right? Like I always, every year at the beginning of the year, have great intentions to lose weight and get in shape. But you know what's interesting? I don't really like actually make a big plan all the time to get to the gym. And uh, I still tend to somehow eat donuts because they're always there. You know, in our lives, in, in our relationships too, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. I think sometimes we have these intentions of that we're going to have a marriage that's centered on Christ. We're going to raise kids in a Christ-centered uh, home. We're going to be dating and we're going to have a relationship that's founded on Christ. But you ever found that how quickly sometimes that doesn't happen? And oftentimes when we begin to evaluate, we realize, you know, I don't know why that's not happening. It's, it's interesting. I've had conversations with 
uh, parents before who will say, um, like, I just don't get it. Like, we wanted to have a family that's, like, founded in Christ. We want our kids to be founded in Christ. And, and when we begin to ask, like, well, what are you doing to make that happen? They're like, well, nothing really. But, I mean, we're praying for it, and I thought that would be good enough. You know, the truth is relationships take a lot of work, don't they? And that if we're not really intentional about the things that we're doing in our relationships, if we're not intentional about the rhythms that we practice, you know, sometimes I think we just have like these these hopes and prayers. They're like the prayers that we prayed uh, before a test when we didn't study. We're like, dear God, I know that I didn't actually do anything that deserves merit to do well on this test, but God, could you please make sure this that I still pass this test and maybe get an A? That would be awesome. You know, we do that with relationships sometimes, don't we? We're like, hey, God, I know, like, we actually haven't done anything like trying to go to church together. We've never really wanted to get in a small group together. But, God, could you just, like, we, we don't really pray together. But, God, could you just, like, make our, our relationship centered upon you? It doesn't work. It doesn't work if, if we can have all the greatest intentions in the world. And intentions are really a great thing. Uh, but if the direction of our life, if the actions that we take do not correlate to actually uh, having those things happen, they're just intentions. Within the Sermon on the Mount, there's an uh, awesome uh, teaching that Jesus gives. It's also found in the Gospel of Luke as well. And it's been interesting. It's one, in fact, if you're going to be at the wedding later, I apologize. You're going to hear a lot of repeat stuff. Um, but it's something that I, I begin to like to, to use in weddings because, uh, you know, traditionally we use a lot of like the, like, love is patient, love is kind. And, you know, that's not even talking about romantic love in general anyways. Um, but I love this story where, where Jesus is, is teaching. And this is what he says in uh, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7. He says this. He's talking about the difference between a wise builder and a foolish builder. He says, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. When the rain came down and the streams rose and the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built their house on sand. When the rain came and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, it fell with a great crash. I love using this in... Uh, wedding ceremonies oftentimes and in premarital counseling because I think it's really important to talk about what is the foundation. If you ask anyone who's in construction, they'll, they'll tell you that, well, yes, you begin by constructing and, and, and planning every little thing that you're going to do. They'll tell you that the foundation is the most important thing. That if you don't start with a solid foundation, like you could have the greatest plan for, for this most beautiful house, you could have everything else perfect, but if you do not have a firm foundation, if it's not level, if it's not in the right place, if, it's, if you do not use the right material, it's not going to matter. Because in our lives, we will go through storms, won't we? Many of us have weathered storms, haven't we? We've went through storms in, in our marriages. We've went through storms uh, as parents. This week, I'm going to be honest, we're in the terrible twos. And there was sort of a moment where I was kind of pleading with God, like, listen, God, if you would like to ask me to sacrifice my son, like Abraham asked, did with Isaac, like, I will very willingly do it. And that says nothing about my faithfulness. This has everything to do with the season that we're in. We went through storms in our lives within just our family, with our parents, maybe. And the truth is, is that when, when our foundation is based in feelings, feelings are incredibly fleeting. 
Feelings oftentimes remind us that, that we deserve everything good and nothing bad. Don't they? They, they tell us that uh, nothing is our fault. They tell us that everything is everyone else's fault. And so when we, when we base relationships that matter most upon a, a foundation of, of just feelings, when we have no plan set where we have, have, have intentionally laid a firm foundation, we should not be surprised that when the storms come in our lives that these things crumble. We shouldn't be surprised. You should not be surprised that if you're not laying a firm foundation in the life of your children to know a true and authentic Jesus who deeply loves them, who walks with them, who is for them, that if you don't make plans and preparations to have them gather with the church, then I mean this in the nicest way, but you should not be surprised that when they enter storms in their life later on, that they're that it's, it's crumbled because they had no real firm foundation. So my hope in my prayer is that as we set the course, as we begin a journey into relationships that matter most, that you would realize that it is never too late to restart. That it's never too late to begin to, to put a firm foundation. But the truth is, is that if we never make that foundation then we should always expect that we're constantly going to be like someone who's built a shelter and the winds have come and we're constantly rebuilding, we're constantly scrambling, we're just hoping that we can get it built back up before the next storm comes. We're not trying to do quick fixes here. Uh, We're talking about kind of demo day, right? And so uh, I'd put it this way, and maybe this is helpful for you in your thinking, is that centering our lives and relationships on Christ takes intentionality. Like, I've never met a person who's had a really great um, uh, marriage. I've never met someone who had a really great success with their children and raising them in a Christ-centered home, and they've gone on to do well, that I've, told that, that I've asked them, and they've just sort of said, like, yeah, it just kind of happened. Like, most of them will tell you, like, they fought. They fought for it. They fought to, to be intentional about uh, investing into their own spiritual lives. They fought in, in, in terms of making sure that they invested in having uh, encounters together as couples, as families. That it didn't just happen. That they didn't just at a certain point say like, all right, my kid wants to play Fortnite instead of come to church, so I'll just let him do that. No, we, they, 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 they fought some of those battles because they knew that there was a greater victory. That some of the battles that we sometimes feel like, ah, it's just not worth it. Aaron, you don't understand. I don't want to deal with the, the tension with my children. I don't want to deal with the tension in my marriage. I don't want to deal with these things. And the truth is, these are smaller battles that the, the, the more that we allow ourselves just to fold and lose on, we're losing a bigger, bigger battle in the long run. That we have to be intentional. We have to be uh, courageous and allow ourselves to live in some sort of tension. We have to fight. We have to work hard to build a foundation. Now, how do we begin this? Because some of us are probably sitting here and saying, like, Aaron, listen, I have no idea, like, where do I even begin? And and this week, uh, Angie Butcher and myself and my dad actually came down, and we went to this training, and and I was really... I was really blown away by, by the, the person who was training us, and they're talking about discipleship, and, 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 and they really convicted me in, in something. And so uh, what I think we start with is repenting. Now, repenting 
uh, to some probably sounds like, man, that sounds like a holier than thou word. That's like a $5 church word that I have no idea what it means. Uh, to repent really just means to turn. It means to make a 180. It means to, to leave behind something that we shouldn't be going towards, that we shouldn't be in. You know, when I went to the wrong theater, it could have been very easy for us just to say, forget it. Like, there's, there's no way we can do this. We, let's just not do it. But instead, we chose intentionally to say, we're going to turn around. And we're going to go back to the direction that we're supposed to go. For many of us this morning, and this is myself included, the beginning to, to making Christ the center, the foundation, the course, the, the, the destination that we're running to in our, in our own lives and in, in all our important relationships begins by repenting and just acknowledging, God, I'm in the wrong place. I've set the wrong place. You know, it, I, I put in the wrong theater. And many of us truly, whether we want to admit it or not, in our own life, we've put other things in the place of God. It either has been different relationships, it's been attitudes, it's been prejudices, it's been comfort, it's been our children. There's been so many things that we've put as the end all, be all. And that even though our intention was to go towards Christ, the direction that we've been going in, the thing that we've been building our lives and relationships on is not the right thing. And so what do we do? We must first begin to repent and turn from those things and begin to head back towards Christ. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Jesus, right before he does the Sermon on uh, the Mount, one of the last things he says, uh, or one of the first things he says at, at the beginning of his public ministry is just this. It said uh, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, it just said, From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. He doesn't begin first by just saying, Hey, you guys are great. I love you just where you're at. Hooray, I'm here. He says, no. He says, repent from the things that have, have taken you off course. You have to turn from those things. The truth is, if you have something in the place of Christ right now, you can't have them try to stand on equal footing together. You can't say, I want to go this direction, but just walk this way. That doesn't work. You have to make the turn. You have to make the acknowledgement. That's part of the intentionality is that we must begin to learn how do we repent and say, God, I am sorry for the way that my pride has gotten in the way of my relationship with you. Because when we repent, we're repenting of sin. And sin is a word we hate to talk about, but it's a reality. And sin is just the, the rebellious things that we do that create separation from us and God. God is deeply relational. That's why it's important that we're doing this series. God, in, in his own construction, he's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's three in one. He interacts in relationship himself with the three. But you realize that if we go back to Genesis, in, in, in God's ideal, he set Adam and Eve in the garden, and it talks about he used to walk among the garden with them. There was no separation because there was no sin. There was no rebellion. And the story of Scripture is, is a story, it's a love story of a God constantly pursuing us to help remove the sin, remove the barriers from our lives so that way He can come close to us. So if repent is a scary word for you, if repent has baggage for you, I hope that you can begin to see it as the beautiful thing that it is. That it's not something that we have to stay stuck in guilt and shame. 
Because the truth is, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And also, all have the opportunity to turn from the things that have led them off course. Turn from the weak foundations that we've built our lives and relationships on and begin to start something new. That's really good news. And the reason that we can do that is because Jesus came. And the reason we can do that is because he loves us deeply. Not exactly the way we are, but he loves us for who he wants us to truly be. He loves you right where you are. Don't hear me wrong on that. But he loves you so much that he has so much better for you in your own life and in your relationships. My friends, if I could just break it down like this. Following Jesus and making him the center of your life begins with repenting and just putting Christ in the right place. I'm going to ask the band to come up and they're going to close us out here in in just a, a moment. But let me give you just some, some tangible things. And, and here's a reminder from that. From, uh, this won't be up on the screen. This is just from my notes. But um, I wanted to share this scripture with, for, uh, with you. Uh, from, from the letter of 1 John uh, chapter 1, it just says this. It says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I don't know how often I've met people who don't believe that. You know, I think some of us have... Have, have been distant from God for so long that it's, it's so hard to think about even turning around because we just don't think, like, God wouldn't want me. Like, you don't understand the things that I've done. You don't understand the attitudes that I have. You don't understand the situation. And this morning, I just want you to know, in the powerful name of Jesus, that's a lie. That he's a miracle worker. That is, as we look into Scripture, he is the one who can part the Red Seas. He placed the stars in the sky. He's raised those from the dead. And if he can do all of those things, any piece of of shame, of guilt, of sin in your life, he can handle it. And you don't have to worry about it. So here's my my three-piece plea for you guys to try this in your own life because it starts first and foremost in a marriage even. It takes two. While yes, there's something that you do together in this, that it takes each individual to make that commitment, to make those turns themselves. So start with this. Turn. So repent from the things that have, have, have led you off track, that have given you a weak foundation. Turn from those things. Turn around and head to Jesus. And then center yourself. Commit to Him. Begin to just truly make the foundation of your life Christ. To make the foundation of how your attitudes and actions are, are, are acted out in your life based off what you find in Scripture and what you hear the Holy Spirit telling you. And then finally, follow. We're going to talk more about how this is a journey, but that's the thing. When we turn, we don't stop. You know, the truth is, following Jesus is a journey that we head in a direction. And until we get to heaven, we are just constantly following after Him. It's sort of like when, when someone, uh, you're following someone in a car to go to a restaurant. You're trying to just stick with them as close as you can because you don't know all the turns maybe, but they do. And you trust them and you keep going after them. And you never stop because as soon as you stop, that's when you begin to turn around and go the wrong way. Follow Him deeply because He loves you. Friends, I'm going to ask that you guys stand now. And I'd love to just pray for us as, as we're going to sing a song. And maybe God's doing some things uh, in, in your own life 
this morning. I don't know what, what's going on in everyone's life. Maybe, maybe some of this is, is hidden deep at home. Maybe there's things going on in uh, your marriage, or maybe there's things going on in, in, with, with you and a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or, or, or maybe it's going on just in your actual larger family context with your children. Maybe this morning is the opportunity to begin to repent of the things that are have, have, have begun to, to make barriers between what God would like for us. Maybe we should do that. Maybe I ask us something uh, that maybe for some might feel uncomfortable. I'm just going to ask you guys. Maybe this morning uh, we just place our hands forward like this uh, as we go into a time of prayer. As just a symbolic act of, of submission of saying, God, I just, I give you the things that I, I can't deal with. I don't know what to do with this. But also I want to receive from you exactly what you want for my life. So let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for who you are. And God, I thank you that God, you are good and faithful. God, to just forgive our sins. God, to welcome us home. To say, my son, my daughter, I love you so much. And I'm so glad you're here. Because my heart has been burdened for what I've seen you have to go through. So, God, this morning, God, I repent. I confess my sin. God, I confess for the times when my pride gets in the way, when my attitude gets in the way, when I am greedy, when I am self-serving. And, God, I pray that, that God, as uh, maybe others, God, would just begin to be able to uh, say it out loud to you uh, in this moment, God, of just this is, this is what I give up to you, that we name what we are are repenting from. And God, that we begin to just say, I want you to be the center of my life. For some of us, God, maybe this morning it's for the first time ever saying, Christ, I just want to repent of my sin and I want to receive your salvation. God, I want you to be the king of my life. I want to just seek first you. And God, this morning, if someone would do that, God, would they know that there is a party going on in heaven for them this morning? Would they tell someone about it? God, no matter where we are, God, would we just begin to to do exactly what you ask us in this moment? God, would we turn from those things and know that you deeply love us, that you never leave us, that you never forsake us. God, thank you for your love. And thank you for your grace and your